Welcome back to the BeFit Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Murphy, here with the man, myth, legend, Corey Gregory. I could talk for the next hour about the things that this man has done, the accolades, everything that has, has been in his world of, of success. I want to just get right into it, one, and say welcome to the podcast, Corey. Great to see you, and, uh, and thanks for coming on. Pumped to be here, Connor. You're a homie, bro. So that's just an easy yes. So anything I can do to offer value uh, to the people that are listening, I can't wait. Oh man, and it's and that's that's the main thing. You know, we were just kind of discussing before this giving back and 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 our obsession with training, and what kind of keeps it going is is getting that motivation through to other people and seeing that inspiration to other people. And you have inspired a fucking nation. And I want to know. I want to take people back. To how it started. I mean, we're yeah. we're probably similar in the you know I was wearing wife beaters too. Sometimes I'd double up on them. You know, I'd wear the black <laughs> one and then the white one on top. You know, just to get a little bit more pec movement in there. But not surprised. <laughs> but uh, I mean, how did it start? How did the passion for training start? Where did it come from? If I think back to my earliest memories of exercise, I remember my dad lifting cement weights in the garage when I was a kid. To give you kind of like a context, he's he looks like kind of like Super Mario. He's like small Italian dude. But I remember him lifting in the garage. I remember my, my mom doing like ab wheels, but with a like a rolling pin. So like, you know, like how you roll out dough? Yeah. I legit, I legit remember my mom when I was a little kid doing ab wheels with a rolling pin and doing Jane Fonda like records. Like she'd have a record on and it would say like the leg lifts and shit she was doing. So this is, that's like my earliest memories. And then, but my grandfather um, was always just a big, strong dude, like six, two, two thirty, two forty. My mom's, my mom's dad. I didn't spend a lot of time with him when I was real young that I remember, but I just remember him being like larger than life to me. Well, when my parents split up when I was like 11, he basically kind of stepped in to be my dad. And and when I went to live with him when I was in sixth, I think I was in sixth grade. So I was about the same age as my youngest son. That's when he started coming in. He he was a, a coal miner for a little period of time, but he ended up becoming a, a construction guy. He'd come home and lift weights every day. And that was just something that he did. And he saw that I was struggling with being kind of angry with my parents thing, but I was okay at sports. And he just said like, why don't you start coming down in the, you know, in the basement with me? And it was a really cool way for us to spend time together too. He, the one thing I love about him is, well, I love a lot of things about him, but the, the main thing is he's just so consistent because he really didn't, honestly, he really didn't know that much about training when I look back. We did a lot of the same stuff, reverse curl, curl, bench, calf raises, like real basic stuff. We just never really missed workouts though. So he would, you know, do whatever, you know, work till whatever time, come home and lift weights and and as I started to learn more about him, I started to learn more about our family and that his dad was teaching him how to lift weights when he was nine years old. Now I've got his dad uh, tattooed on my forearm. He died in a coal mine explosion, 1935, but he was already lifting weights or already teaching my grandfather who just passed away last year at 94, how to lift weights. And so this is like a fourth generation thing in my family. I, I'm obviously the first one that did it as a job, but we're four generations of coal miners deep, four generation of lifters. And my chalk bowl in my gym right now, right outside this door, is a part of my great-grandfather's barbell set when they were round and they had lead shot in it. I got it broke open and part of it is our chalk bowl here and I got the other part of my house. So every time I chalk up my hands for a deadlift, Keep in mind that my flooring is conveyor belt from my coal mine I worked in. So it's like I walk to my deadlift platform from chalking up my great-grandfather's actual barbell on top of the conveyor belt. I actually shoveled fucking coal on to save money to even have this situation. Like there's a lot of sneaky things that kind of led up to this part of me being this guy. But you know, my grandfather pouring into me was was a huge part of it and showing me like. I remember like doing some upright rows and seeing that little delt pop out. And I'm like, I'm hooked, dude. Yeah, I'm man. Hooked because I'm hooked because I was feeling better. But then I also saw like the kind of like what he he was feeling proud because he was he was making me stronger. He's like, you can get stronger. It'll be better for sports. You'll get more confident. And girls like it too. I'm like, sign me up, grandpa. Let's go. Say less. 
that say less. So that's exactly that's exactly how it started, man. Right there was that that that's how we got rolling. I, I guess I didn't really like draw the parallels as much because when you're talking about it, I'm thinking about me, you know, me growing up, and both my parents were bodybuilders. And, oh, wow. and it was a way for me to spend more time with them because they were doing the gym every single day. And my dad was teaching me that how much of an inspiration that you have parents have on their kids, the activities that you're doing as parents. And, you know, I see, I see your kids, I, I see all that stuff happening. And, and whether you, whether it's intentional or not, I think the carry out of caring about your fitness and giving a shit about your health and being able to pass that down is just so powerful and it's so it's so interesting and unique to see that that's you know your story from your grandfather and, and through that and now what you're doing with your kids and your family yeah my son did his first powerlifting meet as a senior in high school or as a junior in high school you know at 148 pounds squatted 402 that one didn't count because they said it didn't go as deep enough but the guy hit me in the leg but that's a whole nother anyway 380 counted <laughs> but he smoked 402 he deadlifted 402 and then he benched 185 on a pause so like Watching him front, I mean, he just front squatted 315 just in a belt the other day. Like, I see him doing things and just him being able to close the gap from he used to throw 70, now he throws 80, you know, as a pitcher and like watching him with his homies that I get to help and coach. And I just realized, like, when I take myself out of the dad role and I can become the coach role with the other kids too, it changed the whole dynamic. So, listen, if you're a trainer out there, the strategy with your kids is get other kids with them. I'm telling you, because I got so much more out of my son that I knew was in there because the other kids were excited to be in here and getting it. And it changed our whole dynamic, which was awesome because it's so hard to listen to your dad, no matter how good he is at stuff. It just doesn't matter. Right. But I'll tell you what, that right there for us has been huge because I spent a gang of time with him in the gym, getting him ready for baseball, getting him ready for the lifting, just him like learning things. And you'll really like this, Connor. So this is one of the big things. Like, you know, we got the 4 a.m. crew where it's like a bunch of fucking badass motherfuckers. One, they get the call times at 4 a.m. Two, they're all competitive power lifters. Most of these guys are elite at this point. And we've been doing this for a while. So it's like our version of West Side, right? Yeah. And you know, AG started chirping at me about wanting to come in in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, before school a couple of times, he hasn't done it a lot, but the one time in particular, he comes in and it's a five rep max front squat. You know, we squat five times a week or six times a week or whatever. It's a five rep front squat max that day. And so he goes, you know, 135, 185, 225, and then they go to 275. I know he can do at this point, he could probably do 275 at least once or twice, but five is like, you know, and he Especially looks at me because they're like, yeah, exactly. They're like, you know, and he, like I said, he weighs like 150. They're like, AG, you're up. He looks at me like, like I could tell in his eyes, like, I don't know if I can do that for five. I look at him like, hey, the bar's loaded. <laughs> like, so I want to see how you react because there's some things you can't teach. You just got to see. And so he gets, you know, a double. He gets the third. And I know the next two are going to really test him. Deep breath, grinds through four grinds through five and he's not a real super emotional kid, but he gets fucking, he he's, he's lit up after this racks the bar and you can see like all the old school dudes dapping him up and telling him good job. And I try to explain to him, like you can't get the respect cause you're my kid. But that right there, a couple of those guys said, well, shit, he could have gave up at three. Instead, he fucking grinded through four, grinded through five. Then we then went and did a me. It's like, you know, he's still a knucklehead sometimes. He's a young dude. But when I saw some things like that, that shit, I can't really teach him. He has to experience it. And I just told his ass, like, ain't no one going to, people are going to be nice to you because you're my kid. But like to get a little bit like that extra level respect, motherfuckers got to say that you was ready to leave your spine hang out on that rep. That's yeah. like a different kind of commitment. <laughs> And so I've seen some things like that from him on some bigger lifts in the gym I've been real proud of. And yeah, obviously I don't want him to get hurt and do anything crazy, but like there's a different level of strain that you've been through and you understand, and you can only really learn that under the bar. And so that that to me was like, I've seen some things like that, or he pulled like a 455 block pull one day that was pretty intense. And I've seen him do some shit that like, I was like, all right, it's in there. Like we're getting there. That's like something I, I, I take a lot of pride in to try to get him to that spot, you know? So it was cool, man. Like he's more like his mom. He's a little bit low key. So when I see things like that, 
I say, all right, yeah, yeah, I see it in there. That's what that's what we're about. So it's cool. I want to I want you to talk more about the 4 a.m. crew because I think a lot of times people will hear 4 a.m. crew and they think there's this separation between they see someone who can be that dedicated to work out at 4 a.m. and they say that's a different type of person. And I mm-hmm. don't and I don't think it is. I I think it's I think it's a different understanding. I think it's a different level of commitment. I like that. People will, will say it to me. Oh yeah, you can do that, but I could never do it. And it's like mm. fucking you like that attitude right there is why you can't. Not because I'm built different, not because my muscle fibers are different. I have some sort of different <laughs> yeah. genetic. It's just I want you to talk about the four AM coon, why you still do it. Yeah, it's a mentality, man. So here's the thing about the four AM stuff that a lot of people don't realize. Well, first off, there's only a few of us that do this for our living that are in it. A lot of the guys, man, after we're done training, they're doing construction work across the city, electric work across the city, teachers, professors. I mean, there's guys that do every walk of life that is in that crew. And from, I think our youngest dudes, maybe 17 or 18. And the oldest is Don's like what, 56. So, I mean, it's a wide range. Most of the guys that are the really strong fucking killers are like between 25 and 30 years old. It really, for me personally, it happened out of necessity. So if I still want to be a competitive guy, right, all the way into my 40s and 50s, hopefully, and I still want to be dad, and I still want to run multiple businesses, my kids are at practice after school. My kids got games after school. I got multiple businesses I'm running during the day. The only time that really made sense was before 5 a.m., because we worked out at 5 a.m. for a long time. But once we went to four, it changed everything. You know, one, more people can get across the city if they need to. Two, I think that people weren't rushed as much. And then you really found out who was about it. It weeds out people so quick. Because if you're half in a different life and half in this life, like you're half in the bar life, you're running around, you can't make it. You're going to, well, and now the guys are so strong, you're going to get hurt. You're just going to get hurt. If you're not taking your shit serious during the week, yeah, maybe sometimes you can push your sleep back a little bit, like to 11 and get away with it. Or you had like an extra drink you shouldn't have had on a Wednesday. Most guys know like they just can't get away with that and do what we do, especially not at the numbers. I mean, dude, at this point, from 148 up, every number on our record board, squat, deadlift is 600 plus. I think the 165 might be five and a half, but you're talking like, everybody's fucking strong. Like I see stuff here that I only saw one other place and that was at Westside Barbell and our guys don't take drugs. So I'm seeing crazy strength right now. I'm seeing shit I've never seen before and I've been around a long time, right? So it's it's a mentality. It's a brotherhood. Our gym's private now so you can't just roll up in here anymore like you used to be able to. So it's invite only. So yeah, I want people to know when they walk in, they got to put their best foot forward. That's the only way we're all going to get better. So there's competition. That's 4 a.m. is our practice time. Our game days is the meets. The locker room is our brotherhood. Everyone has that in high school that plays sports. They don't realize how much they miss it. You had the same shit at Reebok. You remember that, right? You had your team, your squad, you know, or at your CrossFit gym. I think that's another reason why that's done so well is because it mimics that. People lose that after high school or college sports or maybe never had it. They don't realize how important it is. It's very important. I've had it represented in my life almost my entire adult life to some degree. But the last decade, it's been represented at an extreme level. And I think I've got extreme results because of it. I love that. I think it's the brotherhood and not exclusive to just men, but we talked about it is being a part of something. And in order yeah. for it to have some substance, it's you got to fucking grind. There's something real, about bro. That, that shared suffering. People will avoid it because it looks scary until you're in it. And you look around and you're like, this is something worth doing. This is something worth getting up for. The Accountability. A hundred percent. Accountability to your brothers, man. Like I got to be here to spot the next guy. Look, I've been... I won a workout the other day, but I think it's because most of the guys were gone and this and that, but I've been getting beat for years, bro. But I come here every day to whoop everyone's ass. It just don't happen no more. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I'm still able to make good numbers as a master's lifter because I got a great team and I'm helping push guys that are younger, that are way more talented and stronger than I ever was. But because I understand the methodology now, because I didn't spend all this time working on it. And learning from guys like John Bros, Louis Simmons, Arnold, all of these like heavy hitters 
Dr. Serrano, Pasquale, like I'm putting all this to good use and I've seen it even like my high school kids, including my son walked into kind of a finished product. Like we're still refining stuff, but like the system is pretty solid. So I watch like high school kids that could barely fucking deadlift 225 to where now kids are pulling, you know, minimum 365, 405, 455, 500. It's like, it's wild. You know, none of these dudes are really that big. So I've seen some pretty lights out type of things with the methodology and kind of the things that, that we do here. And it's been, it's been awesome. And that's, that's kind of the route of elite powerlifting for you and yep. Matt crew. What about the, the aesthetic stuff? I mean, I've seen you on pretty much every bodybuilding muscle mag magazine cover just mm-hmm. bricked up whether you got the kids on you, whether you're just flexing up and it's like even the bodybuilding side of things, like like there's a similar amount of discipline, but what drove that world? Or, or, I mean, what was kind of the start of that? What was that first magazine and how did, how did you get the inspiration to do that? Yeah. So what's funny is because magazines aren't even really a thing anymore. Right. I mean, what men's health might still be out there or whatever, but like the reality is when I came into the industry, I knew I wasn't going to be Mr. Olympia. I did have my first powerlifting meet when I was 17, but I, I was more into bodybuilding when I was in my early 20s. I did my first a bodybuilding show when I was 20, I think. And so I just remember thinking, okay, especially in like the late 90s, man, everybody was like 220 and shredded. Until CrossFit got popular or like fitness in general got a little bit popular, then I was like, man, I might have a shot at this because I could get the 180. I could be 180 and shredded, you know? Yeah. And 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 I might have a chance to do the cover stuff. And so I became obsessed with two things. I wanted to be on the cover of magazines and I wanted to own my own gym. Those were two what I thought goals that felt far away but attainable for me. That would separate me from the pack. Ironically, when I moved to Columbus, Ohio, I had zero clue that the Arnold Classic Sports Festival was even here. Once again, like I didn't have an internet situation back in my little rural ass town. Like I didn't have any resources. Like I came here and didn't realize that Arnold used to do shows here and that that event was here. I didn't know West Side Barbell was here. I didn't know that the NPC had big shows here. Like I didn't know Columbus was as badass as it, as it actually is for fitness. I got kind of lucky there. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but I end up at the Arnold classic as a, I was working selling programs Literally, I was the guy outside where you'd walk in and be like, hey, you want to buy a program for $10? Like, I was that guy, you know, in 1999. Arnold only had like seven or eight people that worked for him back then. Like, it was a small crew. So I got free tickets for the expo. My my girlfriend at the time knew some guy that she went to school with at Ohio State and it ended up being my wife and she connected me with him. And that's how I finally got into expo. And I was like, all right. I started looking around. I'm like, these dudes are a lot bigger than me, but I think like, cause that back then I could walk up to every magazine had a booth so I could walk up, meet the editor, tell them like, you know, I didn't have any pictures of myself or anything, but I was out there just wilding, man, introduce myself, trying to meet people. And that was in 99. I hit my first cover shoot in 06. My first actual cover came out in 08. So right as I was getting ready to basically start MP, that's when that kind of stuff started. So I would argue is at the exact right time. If if I would have taken drugs and got on it earlier, it would have went on deaf ears. If I would have done it any sooner, I don't think it would it would have worked as well. I think it happened at the exact right time. And then I went on a streak from 08 to 16 where I was on 13 different magazine covers. And that right there, handing those to my grandpa, having him go to the store, pick them up, um, seeing them at the airports that that was like very gratifying for for me for where I came from for sure. And let me for for the majority of the listeners, let me tell you a little bit something about magazine covers because it ain't like it is now to where you can get a, a bricked up photo of yourself, throw it online, have it go viral, have everyone see it. That didn't exist. You didn't it have the ability to do that. I remember, look, I remember walking, especially when you mentioned airports, because, you know, they're always on display in the airports anytime you're walking by. And I just remember seeing the people on there being like, like, that's it. Like, that's the top. You get yourself on that. You know, that is, that is having 10 million followers on Instagram. That is, that is the pinnacle of it being like, you are doing it. Like you've made it. That is boom. It's not, you know, the, the, 
the disconnect between now and people see the magazine cover. So, I mean, I've always thought it was, was a, it was like a life changing situation from a confidence standpoint too, because I had visualized my entire adult life to that point, me going to pick myself up at Barnes and Nobles that when I did it, it felt like I had lived it a million times. It felt exactly like it looked like in my head. It was a very, very surreal, interesting kind of vibe. Cause I remember pulling up, walking in and seeing myself. I'm like, this motherfucker, it actually fucking worked. All right. You know, and then on to the next one. And, and really part of when I got the deal with Arnold Schwarzenegger, I was on the cover with my kids that month. That that was at every that was on every newsstand. Like that was a big part of a credibility for a situation like that. So the magazine narrative for me was a huge part of what kept me. So it was like, I want to change generations of my family from, with what I accomplished. I had to shield that like a thousand pound gorilla and say like, what I do is about to change shit forever. Like I, I wanted to be that dude, right? That grandpa that people was like, this motherfucker was a G. He changed shit. Like I had other people I had ran into that their grandpas had done that. And I was like, I'm trying to be that dude. So in my mind, I was trying to be that guy. But I was also trying to say, like, how can I really step out to not just be a good local trainer, but try to be like somebody in my industry that people fuck with? And the magazine thing was a huge vote of confidence for me. And I think it also helped my local business because then people were like, well, shit, my trainer's on the fucking cover of this magazine, right? Like, you didn't, people don't realize, like, I only made like 500 bucks to be on the cover of the, the magazine and there was no social media. So that really wasn't popping yet. Well, I guess. Twitter started in like maybe 10, 2010. So I was able to utilize that, some of that stuff when I started getting on there. But the reality was it was more about my local business was cracking and I, I looked different than every, and I was in Cosmopolitan a little bit. And then I was on some fitness stuff and yeah, it was cool, man. It was, it just reconfirmed that like everything I believed and I dreamed about was possible. And then to me, there was no, there was literally no stopping me after that. I believed I could accomplish pretty much anything once I saw that one time. That really changed a lot for me, man. It's so incredible. And it's still, you know, I still look at that stuff. I still I was just traveling the airport this last weekend. And, you know, you look at it and it's like, man, it's 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 so cool to see. And I think there's two different thought processes when you see it. Because when I see it, I know what it takes to get there. Sure. But when other people see it, they're like, Oh, that's cool. That you know, that guy's lucky he's on the cover of that. And I'm like, man, when that—that's one of like the two words in the English dictionary that I would just want to <laughs> fucking shred apart when people are like, oh, that guy's lucky. And I'm like, motherfucker, that it guy. must be easy. And the lucky shit's funny, ain't it? Oh man, yeah, <laughs> it must be nice. And it's like the amount of work and dedication, the early morning yeah. wake ups. It's like you don't think that at one point in time, when Corey wakes up at three thirty that it wouldn't be nicer to go back to bed that, that at some point in time you're like, shit, maybe another yeah. extra hour of sleep. And it's like, but that's not how you get to that point. That's not the grind. I, don't know. I have a, I have a whole theory of the get up part. It's not an emotional decision. It's non-negotiable. So I, I just, I just, I changed that a long time ago. So to me it was like, yeah, of course, like I'm tired sometimes, or maybe I don't get as much out of myself. At, at maybe I could have, I slept a little longer, but to me, the call time is the call time. So it's like, I don't really decide whether I'm going or not. It does. It literally doesn't enter my mind ever. The decision now has on been the weekends, made. The weekends it does because I'm forcing myself to sleep in, which is like six, which is like three hours difference, by the way. So it feels amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just do my GPP. I'll just, you know, I'll just lunge and do stuff like that or whatever. So then that is, that is the day. Saturday, Sunday, I have a decision. I wake up and go, mm, do I want to go to the gym? Do I just want to do some GPP? A lot of times I try to stay out of the gym because I'm here all the time, right? Like I'm at the office, I'm at the gym. Like this is where I live at most of the time. But the other days it's not, it's not emotional at all. So I, I don't even have to have that battle with myself because unless now I've had a couple of times where I've been injured and I thought like, is it healthier for you to stay home, Corey? Like, <laughs> is this like a better idea for you as a person, you know, from that standpoint? But most of the time I'd still, I would still come and <laughs> just do something yeah. that would make, you know, almost every time I feel better walking out than I did when I walked in, even in those cases when I've got, you know, something banged up or an injury or whatever. So I think like that's what people, whether it's at 4am, 7am, doesn't matter really the time when you set that, you have to just understand that it's not, well, it's Thursday and uh, I just don't even really go through that 
motion at all. And so once I took that out, you know, then it just kind of is like what it is. So like when people are like, well, this or that, I'm like, well, I'll be here. So hopefully you'll be here too. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> you'll know I'll be here. I make it like not that exciting to talk about because it's real black and white for me. I mm-hmm. think at least that part is. How do you think you can help someone understand that? Because there's a there's a gap. There's not people at ninety eight percent being like, oh, I just need to get to a hundred. You're at a hundred. Mm. You got people at five percent. How do we close that gap? I think that one thing I did well, and I understand it more now because it's the kind of content that I either create or consume, is I've always had in front of me what I was really trying to do, man. And you know, at first it was because. I didn't have things that I wanted in my life. I was tired of watching my parents struggle and all that stuff. It was, it was a money and a experiences and just like financial IQ and understanding. And it was all that stuff very early. Like I was fed up with it, right? Just the way we lived and things we had, things we had access to. And so being completely just fed up and upset about your situation will drive you so much that just outweighed the stuff of being a procrastinator for me. And I think people have to go through most of the time or embrace, I call it embrace the rage in my new book I just wrote. Like you have to embrace that rage to lean on it when the days are like that, where you're saying, no, I'm not going to do this. So I think people got to tap into, am I just cool with being this way, whatever that way is? Most everybody has something they want to change whether it's their economic situation, whether it's their body, whether it's their confidence, like they have something they would like to change. And I continually still do, right? So it's like that has to outweigh your then procrastination or your you wanted to be like sit on the sideline or just why, I, I don't know. Like for me, it just never outweighed it. Now my levels of motivation are higher or lower at times. I'm, I just try to make sure my baseline's at the top end And then I'm going to kill it for a while. And then I might ride under it for a while, but I'm always around the line, right? Understanding that my why was to change generations with what I accomplish of my family. That shit don't really like get old or burn out because it's a long, this is like a lifelong thing, right? And number two, that like I have short-term goals for myself in the gym and that drives everything. I've been competing, Connor, every quarter, my entire adult life since I was 17, bro, I've competed in powerlifting, bodybuilding, or really like doing the magazines is kind of like competing or Olympic I've done bodybuilding, lifting. Power, Olympic lifting without what, cause I came up the week I did the trifecta. The trifecta we trained, yeah. Right. I took my opening squats and deadlifts at Reebok corporate office, which that was hilarious because by Sunday I'm a wreck, man. And I still squatted 500, deadlift 500, bench 300 at 180. So I was really proud of that. But I go up and I'm at I'm in Reebok Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I'm like, gotta take all my food. Schedule's completely different. So I'm prepping for three completely different events while I'm in Boston for three days, which I was ultra excited about. But I just when they when they hit me with that, I remember James or Andrew James Hobart or Andrew Connor had called me and said, "Yo, we need you to come up on Mike." I looked at it like, all right, this week's about to be epic. (laughs) This is about to be an epic ass week. I just saw the video the other day of me and you uh, jamming a kickball, like in the middle of the gym, like you was going back and forth and dunking and shit. Like I just remember that was a highlight week for me as an athlete. I had butterflies the whole week. Since then, I've done a combo event where I've done bodybuilding and powerlifting a couple different times. I just did it this year where we did a bodybuilding show in Akron. And then did a, a power of the meet down in Dayton. And, you know, they were both, that, that was just the first time they were both sanctioned though. So I had to weigh in in the morning on Saturday at the power of the meet in Dayton. As soon as I get off the scale, I drive straight to Akron, jump right on the bodybuilding stage. As soon as I get off the bodybuilding stage on Saturday, we start bloating up. And then Sunday morning, I get up and I, and do the power of the meet. And I, I squat, I do the multiply division in that one, which was the, like how West side did it. And I go six ninety four and a half at one eighty one, which was fucking number two, all time squat drug free. I thought it was the number one fuckers had the damn kilo chart. I swear it was rounded up. It fucked me, Connor. <laughs> Cause I was going for the number. I was going for the, it would be the, the all time world record squat drug tested one eighty one master. It was six ninety four. 
0.46. Me and my boy Cole, who's my rap dude, the graphic gangster who's sitting right over here right now, we looked at the fucking sheet like six times. Did it said 694.5? <laughs> we should have took a pound over. Uh, but anyway, I got the number two all time uh, squad. Now, but that was a big deal for me. That's incredible, man. I remember that week at Reebok because you know, I was looking back through old Instagram posts and I hit my all time clean PR. When 335. You, when you were there. Yep. We were, we were sitting I, or there. 345. I remember it. And we were, and it was like, there was no reason for me to hit that at that point in time, with the exception of we were, we were hyped. jacked up. We were, there was no, there was no like difference of technique in that. It was just the presence. It was just, hey, this weight's on the bar. Do you want to lift yep. it or do you want it to be stapled to the ground? I remember it. And I, I remember walking out like 455 because I had, to, I had to do my opening squat. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like I had been in a monolift the whole time. Like, dude, none of it, none of it was the same for me that week. And I remember Spencer Hendel, because he was there at the time too, yeah. doing like a 600 pound deadlift and doing like a backflip. And I'm like, these motherfuckers is different over here, boy. <laughs> like, this is something. Like, I just remember thinking like, they're doing things different than me, but it's the same. And that's when I locked on to all you guys and still have been friends with you guys ever since then. I got to spend time with you guys up there because of that, like a, it was that it was an instant kind of connection on these, everybody in this room is elite and they're kind of crazy. And I fuck with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the same sense that I was, you know, I was always a fan of yours. And then in Reebok and in that role, and especially in the role that I'm doing now, you meet the celebrities, you meet these people and it's like, oh, Court, nice to meet you. I'm Connor. You know, I'm shaking your hand being like, yo, this is the dude that I saw in the magazine covers. This is the guy, like, these are the subs yeah. I'm taking. This is it. And just that instant connection of it being like, yeah, we may be in different spots in our life, but that one thing, that cold steel and that motivation to be better, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter if my one rep max would have been 225 because nope. the grind to hit it and to do something that you hadn't done before was in, in that passion and care that was in there, man. It was, I mean, it was electric in there. That whole It's week. real, bro. It's real and you can't, and I think that's what a lot of people don't really, they get it about me eventually, but I think the business stuff out front it almost sometimes like they put that to the side where I really would like to let people know, like I'm a real fucking like muscle head first. Like none of this happens if I don't have the passion for the iron bro and the consistency and love for it. And so the reality is like all this other business stuff is a different skill and it's something I locked on to studied, started really young, but really if I don't have lifting, I ain't got nothing. That's really what it is. And the reality is my actual success is from me understanding workouts. Like if I really look at what's paid my bills and helped the most people, it's my understanding of programming and my motivation and consistent to keep people, you know, in motion. Like it's really actually pretty basic. It just has been elaborate at certain times in my career because of things that are wrapped around it. But a lot of times when I meet what I'll call real lifters, real guys, if they spend any time with me, I think they get it pretty quick. But that's really what I'm about. And the other stuff is things that I've just locked on to, made a lot of mistakes, got some things right. Um, and, I, and I really love business. But if I don't train, which, by the way, is the first thing I get up to do every day, then nothing else is going to be here anyway. It would fizzle out. Set common denominator in, in, yes. in everything. So now we have, you got your 4 a.m. crew, you've got your gym, you've got your family, you've got your business, and we still have people who look at someone who's who started where you started and who now where you are where you are, some people who still don't get it, some people who still mm -hmm. are just are, are always going to make those excuses. How do we lower the barrier to entry? What's one thing, if you can talk directly to someone who is living a sedentary lifestyle, has a dog shit diet, feels sorry for themselves, is at the lowest bit, what's that first step? Well, I think that... You know, one of the biggest things I've been kind of bullish on on some of my content is really like building confidence. Back to Cole, he talks about small wins a lot. When somebody, even like people that are entering into the industry, they see somebody that has a body of work like mine, not my actual body, but just the amount of work. I mean, this is like from 99 to what are we in 2022, bro? That's a long time, right? I haven't missed more than a week's workout since I was like 16 years old. So it's like, it's hard because it feels like you're either so far ahead or you've been able, but it happened, you know, by consistent nature. So I really preach like, look, let's find a short-term goal. Let's have some type of reward that gets you excited that I say moves the needle for you. 
And that's different for everybody. It's like, we just talked about vacations, right? Or I got my, this is a great one. I got my birthday. I turned 44 in a month. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, dial it in because when I hit that birthday selfie, I want my abs looking crazy. Like I went up and weighed a little bit. Cause I was like going a little heavier in the gym and like, I'm going to try to keep the strength and dial it back down. It's like, that's like something everybody wants to do. I want to look good on my birthday. Every year you kind of reflect on shit. Now I'm 44. Like, how am I looking against 34, 24, whatever. So family reunions, you know, spring break. Like, I think you need to set these like markers in your life and they're basically your meets. They're your bodybuilding shows. They're your life events that you can, you know, get ready for. And I think that helps with motivation. And I think people don't really have dates on the calendar in time. So my advice to somebody that's like, man, they just feel like they can't get no momentum. Momentum is the hardest thing to create and the easiest thing to lose, right? But if you can find ways to create it through a mini goal, that's attainable. And don't say, oh, I want to lose 50 by that. How about you lose 10 by that? You know what I mean? Like do stuff that's like reasonable. Don't say I'm going to train five days a week, train two days a week. Like I think that that right there is uh, probably undersold a lot because people just need to create confidence and momentum, man. And if you can create momentum, it's like, like I'm one of this other guy that I learned, this guy named Mike Keeley that helped me a bunch when I was a kid. Like he's like, bro, you're just going to feel like you're pushing this ball up the hill all by yourself. But then once it gets to the top and it starts rolling, it's going to roll a lot on its own because the momentum's so, so thick. Right. And I think that that's the way you got to think of it. How can I just get my metabolism going, get my habits going, get some fucking momentum going in my life. And then you start to see it spill over. And I think the other thing that people underestimate is developing themselves. People think like personal development is hokey. I probably would have thought the same thing. I never read a fucking book when I was in high school or never took it serious. Also, no one said, hey, read this. It's going to give you better financial IQ. Hey, read this. It's going to make you feel better about executing in business. Like I didn't have anybody like put that material in front of me to make me better. But every day, and whether it's you're walking, I'm lunging, I'm listening to something that's making me better, smarter, sharpening me. And it's like, so I'm training and then I'm doing my conditioning. And I just tell people, like, if you're walking 30 minutes, just listen to something that is like a hobby or it's something that you want to improve upon, like relationships. What, like, do something that's going to make you feel better. And if you do that enough days in a row, you're confident. Everybody will be able to see your confidence. And that right there, I think, is something like I've been doing personal development material since I was probably like 23, 24. I have a library, bro, at my house, an actual library. Like I have like a fucking room that's like a damn library. And then on my phone is a crazy library. And I've educated myself at an extreme level out of all these years. And it's all stuff I want to learn anyway. So to me, once I understood that, Man, it, it's it was a wrap, and I I have like an obsession with it at this point, and I think most people do once they lock into it. But if you're not into that game, you need to start somewhere that can somebody that can whether it's podcast, some that can speak something into you to help you with all this. You know, what's uh what's your podcast? What's something that people can go to right now when we finish this and and hit the you know hit some lunges, hit that? Where do people yeah. go to find that? Yeah, so the Roundtable Podcast, which is on all platforms, it's um, the Lunge and Learn Network is what I call the network. But the Roundtable Podcast is a podcast we do once a week. And then I have uh, what's called Daily Fires, which are quick hitters, like three to five minutes. Shit, Danny, how many of those? Like 260 Daily Fires. You can dip through those. I do them twice a week, and I've been doing them for a couple of years. And so there's like, you know, all these different segments of different things I talk about. And I just... I do them as I'm going through life and I run into stuff and just kind of give my two cents on things. But they're like five, six minutes. I think they kind of just make people go, okay, let me think about that a little bit, try to provoke some thought. And then we we have different kind of topics we go in into the round table. Those are two really good resources. I think also like, man, the real basic books, uh, The Think and Grow Rich, anything from Andrew Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, just open your mind up to some stuff. Uh, the compound effect from Darren Hardy is really good because it talks about consistency. It's a small book, real easy read. Uh, Simon Sinek has the find your why. There's a lot of things out there when you start to look and you just go from one to the other to the other. And I have a, you know, a group of like eight or 10 books that I've just always been pretty dedicated to that I, I read or listen to pretty often. So, because you got to keep, here's the thing is you got to keep it in front of you. I am ultimately motivated no question, internal, 
but I need external stuff to keep feeding that. And I got to keep it in front of me and everything from my tattoos to stuff I wear, to the thing I drive, to like, dude, everything in front of me is motivationally driven. The art in our office, everything is in front of us to keep us on that path. The people I fuck with, the people I don't fuck with, like I got a real tight circle. I'm allergic to drama. So like you bring drama to me, you just don't get your, or you, you fucking get twisted with me. I just don't ever answer your phone call again, bro. Like it just, I just, I'm a hatchet man. So like I keep people out of my life that bring that. I don't bring people in. And if I do, I I dip them out real quick. So I'm real strategic on all that. And I think all of these things contribute to um, trying to stay positive and keep the, you know, the train going the right direction. And it's, it's so cool to hear because it's like, it's coming from the horse's mouth, man. You talk about <laughs> your, you your 44th birthday coming up and you've been doing this for so long. And it's not just the, the training aspect of it. It's not just the reading, the learning, the, all of this stuff. It's the consistency piece that you've been able to maintain on every aspect of your life, of your businesses, of your family, of all of that stuff. That's so fucking inspiring. The superpower, bro. It's available to everybody. That's my point. Like, I still think that there's a lot possible for me and I, I've underachieved in some areas and overachieved in some areas, right? But the reality is I don't even get a chance to be anywhere on the map if I'm not consistent. And the consistency is what has allowed me to beat guys that are way better than me. I do it all the time. That's why I see, as I'm seeing so many like good genetic studs come through and I will tell these young dudes, I beat guys like you all the time, man. But if you can learn these aspects, I can't beat you. But if you don't, I will beat you every day and I'll continue to beat you. And then if you want to take my spot, shit, you better be willing to fucking get metaphorically in the trenches in the foxhole, right? Because the reality is I'm willing to do those things, what's necessary and at a really consistent level. So like when I talk to these football guys or any of these teams, it's the same thing. Like I don't want somebody to take my spot. And I'm trying to learn and adapt to some of the new content and like the TikTok stuff and all of that. Like I'm getting hip to all that stuff so I can kind of have this next wave of maybe impact on some of these younger people. But the reality is like my initial kind of land grab in the industry, I think I was doing things at a consistent level, offering value and really was leading the front on content creation with fitness stuff early. And so I'm real proud of that, man. But also, I got comfortable a little bit, and I'm trying to learn some of this new stuff, right? And how I can um, how I can package it to get a newer audience to benefit, hopefully, from the same things that you did consuming the content back in the day in a different way. So yeah, I'm challenging myself for this this news. It's interesting. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, we can we can kind of go down that. And 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 one thing that I want to put out there is that what I think and what I appreciate so much about the message that you're delivering is that even though we, I say we too, because I got to figure out this fucking TikTok game and the, in the Instagram reels and that stuff. But what I refuse to do is, is go down a route to where I'm saying, Hey, I'm reinventing the wheel here. Here's this new shit. That's, that's really going to get you to where you're going. It's like, no, we have to repackage the same fucking gift to say, That's Hey, guess exactly what? what? It's consistency in this. I've yet to see anything come from you to where you're like, Hey, I've got this new super improved ab exercise. that's going to get you bricked. It's like, no, here's consistency. Here's the same way I'm going to deliver the wake your ass up. Like it's exactly, you know, there, it, there's so much stuff now on the internet to where everyone says, well, Hey, I can, I can do this. Or, you know, maybe I look good with my shirt off. So I'm going to say, Hey, here's this, this new thing. And it's like, man, that ain't it. Yeah, that's, I'll tell you what, that's a little challenging too, because everyone's got a voice too, right? To your point, like when I come in the industry, until I get the magazine cover, I got no voice really. You know, until I can get those editorials, I got no voice. So it's like, there's a gatekeeper, right? So now it's like, there's no gatekeeper, which is good and bad because that gave me a ton of opportunities. But then everybody that got one ab or goes on a cycle of drugs now all of a sudden is an expert, right? So that stuff's a little bit trying. But I think what what I'm learning now is that I got to offer the same value to a new crowd packaged in a different way at an extremely consistent level. And then just try to kind of redo what I did back in the day. And so it's a, it's been a good challenge for me. I keep, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, yo, dad's about to be a TikTok star. Just get ready. It's about <laughs> to happen. They just kind of rolled her eyes, but I've been telling them, uh, yeah, it's funny. Like 
But the thing is, I can also do the dancing shit too if I want to. That shit don't really trip me out. Like I've always, you know, been all right with whatever. So I can fuck with that. But I've been obviously want to do more fitness based stuff or sports or whatever, or the podcast stuff. I, I really like doing stuff like this. Honestly, I think that I've had like blocks in my career, right? There's the Corey that's mad. He lives in a trailer guy. There's Corey that's a personal trainer that does that for eight or 10. There's Corey that's MP guy. Then there's the post MP, which is max effort Corey G fitness. And really, I think ultimately, as I'm in this block right now and I move into another one, it's it's this type of content. It's like me giving back, me writing, me helping to maybe speak into some of these younger guys or keep people motivated. Like, I just think like I've been blessed and I've learned a lot. And like now my teaching part is really what I'm bullish on. I wrote the book, How to Build Confidence and Win at Life. It's an easy read. It, it's done pretty well. It's on Amazon and all the major platforms. And we did an audio version where we kind of took from how David Goggins did it. You know, I read the chapter and then my guys and I podcast and they just helped me just bring out even better stories. And so that's done pretty well on iTunes. And like, I just think that that's probably my spot as I continue fitness and all the things I'm going to do. But I think that's, you know, I really enjoy that. So I think like that's hopefully the next kind of iteration of what I got going on. I love that. Talk to me about your team right now. What, what do you have? What do you have going on? What do you have the, your guys doing? Because I know it's not, you know, behind every success, there's there's a team and a unit. And I, I mean, I love seeing how much you you put those guys out there. I love the content. I love like all oh, the swag yeah. stuff with Max Effort. It just, it, it's the fucking best. But I want to I want to kind of hear about your team and what they're doing. Yeah, we got a great squad, man. And it's taken a while, right, to go through a bunch of different guys. What I love about it is I, I look at our at our squad as like a gang of like, young, hungry entrepreneurs that work together in a business, right? Is I'm the majority owner of Max Effort, but a lot of the guys have a small ownership. A lot of the guys work on the app and a Max Effort both, but it's like we get a chance to grow the businesses together. And as these dudes are younger and learning, and then some of them got their own projects on the side too, like it's just like an environment that feels like a startup in a way because it's small group of people from all different kinds of walks of life, but it's like a lot of the guys are self-taught, man. A lot of these guys went to school, but didn't aren't really doing what they went to school for. You know, they're self-taught, whether it's email marketing with Small Arms Danny, and he's the editor of the, of the site too in the app, or the graphic gangster Cole Susak, who does everything that you see he creates, which is unbelievable. Um, we got Trayvon Dier, who captures all the stuff in the mornings and it works for both businesses. We got Content Kyle, who you've been emailing with, that does all the stuff during the day. I got my guy, Tyler Sealover, who runs operations out there. We got Nick Sands, who helps with all the warehousing and customer service. It's like, man, the squad that we got right now that work within both businesses. And then obviously, I work alongside uh, Dustin Myers, who's been long-term partner you know, in, in the old school gym and uh, my high school lifting friend. Man, it's it's been, it's been awesome because I've seen these guys, most of these guys consume the same content you did at MP. And then came in as interns and then evolved and showed what they really got. And then we just added Tyler Treadway, who was a guy I met in the muscle farm days who now runs like all our sports stuff, like with our teams that we work with and all that and some social media. And it's like, I watch guys go from consuming content to being around the gym is usually how it kind of works. And then seeing them step up in business. And that's the one thing is like, and we talk about this on the podcast a lot and that's what I love about the roundtable shows. Trey's like 22, Cole's like 25, Danny's 30. Everybody's at different parts of their life. And I'm the OG at 44. These dudes all understand the concept of like working hard, having freedom, but there's like no on and off. Sometimes we're super busy. Sometimes we're not super busy, but we're always thinking about the next move and doing what needs to be done. So we have real good freedom. Like we got to come in here and get it, but then everybody's done two, three o'clock. But the reality is you're never really done. Mm -hmm. There might be something on Sunday at 7 PM you got to do, or I'm answering messages or something's fucked up with the app or, but the reality is, is that we all come together to build these businesses, to have a lifestyle that I think is pretty fucking awesome. We got our own fitness fantasy factory. we got a 15,000 square foot warehouse, a 5,000 square foot gym, 10,000 square feet back here for max effort with a fucking studio and you know, the warehouse for all the products and the setup, like it really is awesome. We got a 20-person sauna outside. 
with the ice barrel and a fucking basketball hoop. And like, this is like the authentic MP, bro. This is the shit I've thought about the first time around. It's just that kind of did its own thing when it got big like that. But this is the reality of like, you got to walk through when you come to see us, like you got to walk through old school gym. That's where it all fucking begins at. Then you see all the different businesses and the guys that are working inside of it. Um, and man, they, these guys keep me young, bro. Like I'm by far the oldest guy, right? And it's like, I get to be around dudes that consume content, but now I've made these businesses unbelievable because of their talents, their work. I mean, I think that I've been able to rub off on them being a fucking half of a nut job. And now whenever they're done with me one day, they can continue that on and, and continue to do great stuff too. But we're, we really come together as a team to build, I think, what are some great businesses that have afforded us all like quality lifestyles that are, I think, real unique. And I always talk about trying to protect it, protect the freedom, protect the work environment, protect that we like what we do. We don't always love shit we have to do, but overall, we like what we do, right? Because you get an iOS update or you get fucking like Cole's got to do labels for fucking stuff or sometimes it takes for fucking ever or Tyler's counting inventory. Like there's a bunch of shit you don't love doing, but the reality is as a whole man, yeah, the, the squad is like, I don't ever go to bed at night thinking like somebody ain't doing what they need to do. And that that's a great feeling. Kind of, kind of plays full circle into what we've been talking about when you, you initially started, like how did Corey G become Corey G? And it's like, you know, you, you learn this stuff from, from your grandpa, you learn the weights, you learn that side of things. And now it's like, not only are you doing this with your family, but it's like being able to be expansive enough to, to be able to teach that to your team to then one day yeah. have that, that same thing. I, you know, I think that like the, the mentorship is very similar to the, the family aspect of it. And what it looks like from my perspective into that is that it's just this trickle down effect of the consistency, the motivation, the the brotherhood the family the, the that side of things that it's just yeah. i mean it's positive shit it's positive stuff man yes. i've yet to meet someone who trains every day consistently that's a bad person i've yet i mean yeah. i've yet to see i've yet to see someone who's that dedicated into training that that is a shady business owner or that doesn't do the right things yeah. for the right reasons for the right people yeah that's a, that's a fact i would agree with that very few people have i ran across that have this level of dedication in the gym that aren't pretty quality, like quality, good people. I would agree with that. I think that that's very true because there's something that you find, I think in yourself, man, if you do this long enough, you've pushed through so many different barriers that others haven't, you know what I mean? You know, you, you lived a high level fitness Connor and in your previous career too, like you get like, there's just a lot of those things you run across, man. And I think that, um, you know, you got to really kind of search for stuff on, you know, what kind of person you want to be or who, who, you know, who you're trying to be. And I think that that's why, you know, most of the guys that I've worked with long-term have come through the 4am crew. And when I can see that level of dedication, I'll be honest, I feel like anybody can learn a job of, or skill, but are they, a, is there a quality character there? Can I trust them? Can they be reliable? are they really a person that I can like really know will go out of their way for the good of the team that, which makes me want to go out of my way for anything they need, like forever. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. that's the one thing I'm a really loyal person. If you're a loyal, if you're loyal back to me and the, the Rolodex is wide open, you know, anything I can do to help. So, you know, but what I run into a lot is people feeling themselves a little young or a little early, whether it's in the gym, whether it's in the business, or they just aren't up to the task which means they can't stick to the style and what we work too fast paced, maybe too uncommon, not real predictable, which has gotten a little bit more predictable. But the reality is like, I think it's, it's one of two things it just kind of depends, but I, I ain't trying to add anybody new, man. Like we got the squad to me. It's how do we just get bigger for what we already got going on? So everybody can make more money and have an even better lifestyle. Uh, I'm not really tripping. And then have their own side projects that can make them more money too. You know, and everybody and our side talks are stock, real estate, crypto, investments, financial IQ. Like these guys is ahead of me, bro. I didn't start investing until I was a little bit older. I was able to fast track it a little bit because I was able to make good money. But the reality is like, that's like a big topic around here. We're talking about what's red in the market today. What's the crypto doing? Like what, you know, what about real estate? you know, I'm trying to help these dudes become wealthy and they can see me going through some stuff, good, bad, or indifferent. And I'm real transparent on that. 
so they can understand it's not always just rainbows and sunshines all the time with these numbers and but uh yeah that our environment's pretty unique from that aspect you know there's always this kind of rule that i have and and, and i think there's a there's a couple of things that it comes down to but i'd be willing to bet i know how many items phones, cell phones, wallets and stuff have gone missing at your gym that someone stole from the 4am crew. And I'm willing to bet it's this number right here. I've been willing to bet it's fucking zero. I left my, get this, I have a a Arnold Schwarzenegger ring that I got from him. That's his governor's ring. And I don't wear it very often, but I left it in the gym on the box for like two days one time. And it was still sitting there when I got back. So to your point, now Trey got his shoes stole. I don't know where the fu- who the fuck stole Trey's <laughs> shoes, but I don't know if somebody brought a friend in and they fucking took Trey's shoes. That shit still pisses me off. But other than that, I've left some expensive ass shit uh, laying around, and we haven't had any problems because it's private. That you know you're only here if you're supposed to be here, which I really enjoy and like. And you know when we have like high level people come through, man, or if somebody don't know who somebody is, they already expect like, oh, that must be a motherfucker. Like that's you know it's somebody got some pop or they ain't here. Yeah, I like that environment, man, because we want an elite level thing going on. And you know you could walk out to get a drink any day of the week and see fucking Matt Brown, Braxton Miller, and Anthony Schlegel come through here sometimes. It's yeah, it's wild. The kind of network like Jake Owen was here, like coming this week, actually. Morgan Wade was just here, a couple of country music stars. So that right there makes me always feel real good when people go out of their way to come and experience it at the gym or come by Max. It's, it's real cool, man. And I think it's you guys aren't looking for shortcuts. The reason no. why you have that's that. why that's why people ain't running, though. I, I say this all the time. I'm not telling people to do easy shit. Yeah. And so I think I probably have 10 million followers if I was. But because I'm saying, no, nah, motherfucker, lunge a half mile. They're like, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. So, but when we do get people, we can change them uh, dramatically. But they know when they come to me, shit's going to be difficult mm-hmm. because it is. That's how life is. It, shit ain't easy. There's no you want it long lasting. There's no magic <laughs> pill. No, there is a magic <laughs> pill. It's fucking consistency and doing hard shit. Yep. For and, sure. And I just stay and preaching that Connor forever. I mean, that's just, cause that's really what it is. It's what it is. And yeah. sure. Someone can post, someone can have good set of abs and they can, you know, throw up this stuff. Hey, here's the secret to this. And they're going to get a bunch of followers and people being all crazy. And I'm like, Hey, how many people have you worked with one-on-one that have lost over a hundred pounds? You don't know shit yeah. about consistency or helping people. Sure. It looks Short good, lived, but no. you know, how many people have you taken from a from not being able to, to deadlift their body weight to, to deadlifting two times their body weight, two and a half times their body weight, three times. How consistent have you been at actually changing the quality of life through fitness with, for someone else? Yeah. And I've answered a lot of those questions a bunch of times. And that's why I know if I just keep doing what I'm doing, it'll keep reaching more people. It's just it's just a long game, man. Like I, I, I kind of joke around with my family about this all the time. Like, you know, I'm about to get hot again. Like <laughs> I'm hot. And then it's been chilling, but I but I can feel it. Like they just kind of look at me like, okay, dad. But I, I mean, I'm I'm real though. I, I goes in waves, and I feel like it's climbing back up again. So, you know, I'm gonna get the abs back in, looking good, and we are gonna give her a run. Connor. You had a pretty good brick check photo the other day. I saw that. I had to be like, oh, I'm like I gotta make sure I'm my game. Okay. Now my new motivation is for when you post on your 44th birthday. I'm like, I gotta fucking, I gotta fucking clap I'll be back. Ready. I gotta send him one right back then. Absolutely. No, I'm I'm excited about that. I just kind of locked into that recently because, you know, the buildup for the bodybuilding show and the power of to me, both sanctioned, we shot a documentary around it, which we're going to start chopping up soon. Like that was like a real good motivation for me this, this year, because I really wanted to hit that squat number, mm-hmm. which I thought I hit then fucked it up. But either way, now we'll go to the birthday and then I'll be looking at, all right, what's the next little mini goal. And I think everybody's got to kind of bring themselves along like that. I think it's really important, but yeah, you know, we, I've got plenty of challenges still in front of me. I, I'm I'm excited to get up every day. I just really, I really love where we're at, what we're doing, what we're building. Some people have asked me like, you know, would you want to sell and do this? And I'm like, I just don't know that I would be happier even if somebody did come and want to fucking buy all this shit because I built all this over all these years because this is what I love to do. And so to me, that's really like the win I mean, as the guys get older and we get bigger, I want them to do more of it probably. But the reality is, is like, 
the environment that we got, the group of people we got, man, it is like a family. And I'm watching their families actually grow as they get wifed up and have kids. And as my kids get older and they're around the business and they're, you know, so it's like, that's, that's truly the type of environment that we got. I'm real thankful for it, man. I I mean, I really am. And everyone that's in this building is is supposed to be here because they've earned it. That's amazing, brother. I'm, uh, I'm so stoked just to even like catch up with you and just, just to hear this stuff. Like, you know, it, it, it reignites that fire for me. And I think sure. that for a lot of people that are listening to this, we'll see like the real shit. It ain't a, it ain't a quick fix and it wasn't a, it wasn't an overnight success. And the fact that you're still grinding just to, just to see how fucking hot, how big that mountain is, is just fucking inspiring brother. Yeah. I want to know like, what's the limits, bro? Like, you know, I think like, athletes that are playing longer into their days the way lebron's doing tom brady's doing like i'm i'm inspired by these 40 plus dudes that have taken care of their body uh, that are doing great things like i look at that and that's inspiring for me uh you know i've been following guys like eric thomas for a long time inky johnson like i see the way they've inspired people with their with the way their content is like i i'm inspired by a lot of people out here that are a high level that i believe i can like in my own way, do, do versions of that. So it's like, I'm pushing every day to say like, you know, I could challenge the norm of certain aspects, right? I, I, I take pride in that. I look maybe a little younger than my age, that I can be stronger than most guys, my age, that I can be an outlier of certain things that I can do awesome stuff with my kids still and play and do pretty much catch a bullpen, play one-on-one, like, I take a lot of pride in that type of stuff too, because that's like a quality of life thing that I think people miss out on that I haven't had to because of, because of that, of, of us, of our profession of staying in shape. And so, yeah, man, it's, I've had a lot of perspective, I think, as my children have gotten older and the experiences I've had and just like the situation we're kind of in with this has always kind of been in my head and now it's here. But just knowing that like, if I don't get up tomorrow, that's one day closer to it not being here. And I really think like that now, if that's a, that might be aggressive for some people, but I think in this moment, what I'm doing is that putting me one day closer to what I see in my head or one day further away. And I'm not saying I always pick the one day closer, but I would say 90% of the time I try to, you know yeah. what I mean? And that, cause I'm a degenerate too. I like fucking smoking cigars and drinking pints of beer and, you know, enjoying and doing all that. But I just try to keep it in a limited amount of time and in blocks of time. But the reality is, is that the things that I've seen happen in my life, I couldn't even have dreamed of. Some of them I couldn't believe. Some of them I expected because I was so confident. But just understanding of what is possible makes me think that tomorrow could change things completely, you know, one way or the other, or just that there's there's the opportunities are still out there. Just got to keep pushing to see what, you know, what can kind of come our way. Where can people follow you? What What's Instagram? What's yeah, Corey G Fitness, just C-O-R-Y-G Fitness on all platforms. And then the books, How to Build Confidence and Win at Life. And then the podcast is the Lunge and Learn Network. All the stuff's on there. And then Supplement Company's MaxEffortMuscle.com. Get the best subs, man. Uh, they taste so good and they work good. Get the People best People are tripping advice. out here. Oh, man. Check it out. <laughs> well, Corey, thanks again, brother. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for, you know taking time out to, to obviously, you know, help me out, but to spread the message, spread the good word of everything that you're doing, your fucking inspiration, your, Thanks, you know, God. your career. It, it's funny to say, like your career has been so incredible and you're just like, man, I'm still just getting started. I'm still just fucking Feel like it. getting to work, brother. It's, it's, it's cool. And I hope that other people that listen to this can be as inspired as I am every time that I listen to you, every time I see your stuff, your content online. Thanks, Connor. Easy. Yes, bro. You a homie since day one. I respect the work ethic and anything you know you need. You can always holler at me. I'm here to help. And then, you know, I'll be hollering at your ass too for help. So, Oh, yeah. And we'll be looking to plan that next St. Thomas trip. Absolutely. Speaking of stogies, pints of beer, pizzas on a boat. And Gabe. (laughs) That's that's, that's the necessity in that one. Gabe Groover, man. Absolutely. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. You know, you can always follow us at bignightfitness.com with the BFit podcast. Any questions or comments that you have, drop them in. I will always get back to them. Any advice, send the DMs out. Send some DMs to Corey too. You'd be surprised about you know, how popular this guy is, how quick he'll get back to you. So uh, we love it. You guys need anything. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. <laughs>